The first reading is from Malachi, the third chapter. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner, and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and and have not kept them. This is the word of the Lord. The psalmody today, the is, excuse me. The psalmody for today is verses of Psalm 66. <clears throat> Shout for joy to God, all the earth! Sing the glory of His name! Give to Him glorious praise! Say to God, How awesome are Your deeds! So great is Your power that Your enemies come cringing to You. All the earth worships You and sings praises to You. They sing praises to Your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Second reading. The Apostle Paul was the pastor of many new churches. In the second reading, he writes in this letter about his joy to be in partnership with the Christians of Philippi. Listen to how tender-hearted Paul, sometimes a stern preacher, is with his friends as he encourages them to grow in love and knowledge. The second reading is from Philippians, the first chapter. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defenses defense and confirmation of the gospel for God is my witness 
how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight. And the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The crowds asked him, What then shall we do? He answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. Whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. They said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? He said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation. Be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. But Herod, the tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. This is the Gospel of our Lord.
So thinking about messages for today, not long ago, um, the family was able to, to take a journey, and it was a long journey. Um, it took a full day uh, to travel there, and it took another full day of travel to get back. So it was an effort. It was a tiring journey. Um, there were moments that there was some pretty good stress. But it was well worth everything we had to endure to get there. There was home for my wife, Nanette. It was in Monterey, Mexico. So we had border crossings. And in later years, recent years, crossing the border and going through certain parts of that border area is kind of treacherous and it's kind of stressful. You got to pay attention to where you are, where you're moving and where your car is located and all that sort of stuff. So there was a place where after the trip was complete... We would be surrounded by the love of family members. There was a reunion with sweet, tender memories that resurfaced in her mind of childhood schools. And she saw her schools again. Of the homes where she had lived and the apartments her parents had lived. Of the stores that she had seen as a child. Of familiar parks. And of course, with every person's embrace, homecoming. There were reunions with some who had not seen her in more years than we could count. There was home, and home was good. When we came back, we were not the same people that we were before the journey. We felt connected, and myself included, because I had known these people by that time for probably 10 years, because we started dating when we were 17, and this was now in our late 20s. Um, when we came back, we were connected. There was, and we were connected in ways that's difficult for words after you've gone home and you've not been home for a while. We were reassured that even though home had changed a lot over the years, the loving relationships and the memories were still there in abundance. Each year, during the season of Advent, the church sets off on a journey of sorts. Though not a physical journey across long miles of roads and across borders, it is a similar journey of the church coming home. It is a four-week journey where we are pressed with biblical people and biblical places that can inspire us to remember what once was. It's a four-week journey where we are given opportunities to remember a hope-filled reunion with our Heavenly Father on the last day. It is a four-week journey with opportunity to be with those we cherish, investing time with families and friends. Advent is a journey home. At first glance, we might say that the season of Advent, this journey of Advent, well, it's like the same every year. We do the same thing every year. We put up evergreen trees. We work hard at decorating them with ornaments, wondering if it's all worth it, sometimes grumbling as we do so because the lights don't work and something got broken or does anybody even notice? We set out seasonal decorations. We set out apple cinnamon smelling candles. We set up special wreaths with the words hope, peace, joy, love. 
We load up cars to travel or we clean up our houses and ridiculously clean because we know that guests are coming. Today, however, I encourage you to consider that every Advent is not the same. Much has changed since last year's celebration of Advent and Christmas. A whole year has passed. Kindergartners are now first graders. Sixth graders are now in middle school. Twelfth graders, they're off someplace in college or at work. Some workers have now retired. Some families are growing in numbers. Some families are declining in numbers. Jobs change. Houses have changed. Physical strength has changed. The young grow stronger. The old, we grow weaker. So for those who are willing to slow down and to regain the ability to notice, this year's Advent journey is not the same old thing. That said, on the second Sunday of Advent, we visit someplace and someone who remains timeless and who shares a timeless wisdom with those on this journey, if you're willing to slow down and listen. Every year on the second Sunday of Advent, we journey out to a desert wilderness, to the banks of the Jordan River, There we find a strange man standing knee-deep in water, baptizing all people who will confess their sin, who will turn their life's focus back towards God, who will prepare for the Lord's Messiah's arrival. That man is John the Baptist. For the ancient church and for those following the ancient church's lectionary readings, every Advent towards Christmas includes John at the Jordan. The spiritual wisdom of our church fathers intentionally provides the church (coughs) with this John the Baptist intersection. As much as people might be tempted to divert their journey away from the quiet wilderness and John and John's message, As much as the the church wants to be distracted with all the possibilities of the world around them through whatever age of church has found itself, to the desert wilderness and to John the Baptist, we must go. And there we hear him shout. And he's shouting because the world is so hard of hearing, because they're so filled with the busyness and the vanity of the life that consumes them. So he shouts. Ideally, he would just sit and talk sincerely with his friends. But he says, he says to you, he says to me, he says to us all, prepare, prepare the way for the Lord. Where the road home to the Father has been made crooked, Work to straighten it out. The home that is too deep in the vain distractions, in the busyness of life, fill it in with Christ-like disciplines of reading His Word, 
of prayer, of fasting, of cleaning up life towards holiness. Where our ways of living are abrasive and rough, calloused or numb, work, church, to smooth it out with love and forgiveness, with giving, with serving. Prepare for the journey home, friends. Prepare for God's homecoming. Confess your sins to the Lord. Return your eyes and your hearts to the Lord. Sometimes we can put excessive emphasis on on what John says. And we forget to notice where John is saying it. Think about this. If you step into a church on Sunday to hear God's Word, to touch His way, truth, and life, and then immediately return to the loud, busy distractions of the world, you risk missing out on receiving the beautiful depth of God's gifts. The shiny treasure of our Heavenly Father can be quickly covered up with the mundane dust of the created world. In a flash, just after leaving the sanctuary space, the feeling of hope and peace or love can become a forgotten memory because of all the busy days agendas of stuff that you won't even remember next week. For that reason, John was in the wilderness. John remained in the wilderness. To the people in Jerusalem who wanted to witness the, the great John show, John said, you're going to have to come out here away from all that world's distractions. To the people who were resisting lives of quiet, uninterrupted self-examination before God in prayer with God, in peace with God. John is calling them away from the vain busyness of the city and he's calling them to the desert wilderness. And there, he has to shout it first. But later he can speak. Quiet. Have some uninterrupted prayer time with your Heavenly Father. Eyes opened to your Lord. Hearts beating in time with your Lord. Clean up your lives. Get ready. He's near. He's coming. Have you ever thought about this? For every one hour that John taught or preached shouting at the people, he probably spent five to ten hours meditating on God's Word, praying within a life of fasting. For every hour he spent doing that, He had all that time with God. Quiet time with God, praying and meditating on God's Word was needed by John so that his path toward the Lord was smooth and straight and level. He could not speak about something that he himself had not first yet experienced, that he himself was not living. John just shared the gift that he was living and he was inviting all of his friends 
to join him. Historic spiritual wisdom strongly suggests that dedicating times like John would be wise for all the children of God in every time, in every land. Although there might be many Americans who would like to avoid the desert wilderness quiet because we're in a very important hurry. Although there might be many in America who would like to avoid John's simple meshes of repentance and preparation, the Holy Spirit of God, working in John then, working in the church now, is calling us home. To be a people who enjoys the time to be still and quiet in the Lord. And with the saints of all time, celebrating a homecoming, partially now, but in fullness to come. Today and for the rest of our Advent journey, God help us be a people who listens to a spiritually blessed man named John the Baptist as he speaks truthfully and tenderly about how we can prepare for a beautiful homecoming. God help us be that people. Amen. Let us confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the people of God. Dear Heavenly Father, as we prepare the way for Christ to come, we proclaim, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers for the rough places in our lives and in the lives of others. Fill the valleys and low places of our lives with your light. Level the uneven paths with your grace. Grant that your Holy Spirit move us and others, that your saving presence might be visible to all. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Our peace comes from you. Lord, on this Sunday of preparation that celebrates your peace, help there to be peace in our lives, peace in our churches, and peace in our world. At times we have kept our distance from our neighbors, from the suffering and forsaken, from the widow and the orphan, from the foreigner and the refugee. Strengthen us to serve our neighbors and assist them in their trials. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord, help us live under your perfect care. Prevent us from turning aside to idols and distractions. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus that we evermore proclaim, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Lord Jesus, heal the sick, injured, and recovering among us. Today we remember Kurt and family, Jeff, Jim, Mary, Beverly, Dina, Melaine, Dana, Lindsay, Iselda, Luke, David, Cheryl, Jenna, and those we name in our hearts. Strengthen them with your gracious hand of healing and with your unwavering presence. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed comes from Lord Jesus, we do not know the day or the hour that you will come with great power and glory. So keep us always alert and watchful <coughs> so that we may welcome you with joy. For you live and you reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.